Welcome, church. How are you? Good, good. I'm glad you're here. My name is Brandon, the pastor, and uh, I want to say thanks for worshiping with us this Sunday. Um, a, a couple things. Uh, first, you, uh, you saw, this is on your chair or the chair next to you. Grab one of these. This is our next series, our summer series starting next week. And we're going through Daniel. And, and Daniel is, uh, is an incredible book of the Bible. You probably know, like when you hear Daniel, you, your mind probably goes to, oh, Daniel and the lion's den. I, you know, did a lot of coloring books when I was a kid and those are always in it. And, and so like, you know, those stories, right? And, um, but like, just total tangent, um, why do the lions always have smiles in those? Like, like, have you seen a real lion who's like really hungry and in like with around fresh meat? There, it's not like, you don't color that smile in on that line. Like that's the story. So we're gonna look at the stories, but then, but then there's a whole nother half of the book of Daniel that's all about prophecy. It's all about like future stuff. And, and, it's, and it's honestly, um, incredibly accurate for its time of predicting the future. In fact, well, I won't get ahead of myself, but we'll leave it at that. That it is, it is shockingly accurate, so much so that critics are like, this can't possibly, this can't possibly be written at the time or by the guy we think because of how accurate. So starting next week, we get into Daniel. We're gonna spend uh, the summer in Daniel. So this, this is your reminder cards, Daniel. And then on the back is all of the weeks and the chapters that we're gonna be studying. Um, and then also the topics and like the sermons. So if there's certain ones, oh, I, I, can't, I don't wanna miss that one. Um, here's what's cool. See this little, uh, this little, uh, what is this rectangle thing right here? This is what uh, the, the, I guess what these days they call a magnet. (laughs) We put a magnet on there for you. So here's what you can do. Slap it on your fridge or anything metal. And and now you got a reminder. Oh, it's this week. We're looking at this. You can even read ahead. You're allowed to read ahead. You can cheat for the test, like the open book, all of it's open book. So, um, so uh, put this on your fridge, uh, you know, a neighbor's car, anything that's metal and just, right? And just, so that's yours, take it home. You need more, we got more of those. Um, and then also you will be excited to hear that uh, as of today, we will no longer require registration for services. Isn't that cool? And you don't clap because you aren't doing it anyways. <laughs> you haven't been registering for months. So we're just officially saying, hey, now you don't have to feel guilty about it, okay? Like we've relieved you. Some of you have been faithful and it's like every week, oh, I got to register, I got to register. Great. Like if that's you, we may look you up. I may like buy you a donut or something. Like thank you so much for being a good Christian. And <laughs> was, that, was that too much? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so from here, I'm officially, you just, you come to church. You come to church. You don't have to worry about registering. Uh, we'll still leave it up because I, I personally, I love um, like we'll, have, we'll get new families. We get new people every week um, to church. And, and I love being able to like, hey, come let us know you're coming uh, so that we can you know, prepare for you. And then also it's better follow-up. So if you see it up there, you don't feel guilty if you're not doing it. So, you know, you've been relieved of your duty. Um, so we're in, we're in this series. We're at the end of the series, Half Truths. And, and, uh, and we've been going through these Christian statements that are both kind of half right, but not entirely right, but also, but also half wrong. And, and so this morning, we're going to look at the last one. And, and, um, and there's a lot of religious sayings we can fit into this category, but we've looked at four, uh, three in particular. This morning's the fourth. The first one we said, we saw was that God won't give you more than you can handle. And we said, well, that's kind of true when it's, when it's talking about temptation. 
That God, we see in 1 Corinthians 10, God won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Okay, so with temptation, yes, that's true. But with life and hardship and suffering, no, that's, that's actually not true at all. In fact, the opposite is true. God will allow you to experience things far worse, far harder than you think you can ever experience or handle. Paul, if you remember that Sunday, we looked at Paul who said that he was, that his, his suffering was so intense that, that it was beyond, he said it was beyond my ability to bear it and that we despaired of life itself. It was like, God, we can't handle this. Just take us, just end it. And some of you may even felt that maybe in times in your life where it's, this is, this is, this is beyond how bad I thought it could be or would be. Um, if you've, I know people who've lost loved ones and it's like, this is like, especially like early tragically, this is like, God won't give me more than I can handle. I can't handle this. I can't handle this. And we said, well, no, this, this idea that God won't give me more than I can handle isn't true. But what is true is that God will help you handle all you've been given. Whatever that is, whatever in your life is, he is there with you. Then we looked at this. We said that uh, here's another half truth. God doesn't want me to judge others. And we said, yeah, that's true. Halfly. It's true that we shouldn't just go around and just be like, judge, judgment, judgment, judgment. I like you. Judgment, judgment. <laughs> but but what, what, what is true is that we're actually in the New Testament called to make judgments especially with those inside the church. Paul says, hey, God will judge those outside the church. But then he says, aren't we to judge those inside the church though? Aren't we to make judgment calls that when like to call out sin, like to say, hey, what's wrong is wrong. What's right is right. And that is wrong. And, and I got to actually call that out. Like it's okay to make a judgment call on this thing or this person or what they're doing. And then last week we looked at this, suffering in my life is a result of sin. And it's both true and not true. It's true in that all suffering is a result of sin. Like all the suffering in, in the world is because of, of sin and that there's sin here and it's corrupted everything. But to say that like, no, 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 but like my suffering is a result of my sin? Well, no, Jesus looks at that and, then, and he's even asked like, hey, Jesus, all right, here's this guy. He's, he's been like this from birth. Who sinned, him or his mom? Him or his dad, right? Who sinned? Who sinned, Jesus, him or his parents? And Jesus goes, neither. Why does it have to be one or the other? This, this, this is happening so that the glory of God can be pronounced in his life so that you will see this. Like, there's other reason. But, but the, there are times when this is true because I, I love what Pastor Andy shared last week too. He, he said specifically that like intentional sin has consequences. That there may be things in your life that are caused by you because of specific decisions you've made. And to say like, well, you can just go do whatever you want, you know, with, with no consequences, is just free. It's like, that's not true either. That, that there might be things in your life that are because of intentional sin. It has consequences. So this morning, we're looking at this. Above all, this is one of my favorite ones, and I got, I got a little worked up last service I'll try to get more worked up this service. <laughs> above all, above all, you guys, God wants me to be happy. Yeah, he does. I mean, not you, like me, like just me. God wants me to be happy. And, and, and I, I mean, happiness is one of those things that every person on earth pursues, right? There's no one in here, there's no one watching online that, that would say like, you know what, I would love, I would love if today I was I was 
less happy than I was yesterday. Like I, I'm pursuing unhappiness. That's my goal. And some of us may live that way, but we don't want that, right? And what do you want for your kids or your grandkids? Assuming you have, a, you have kids or grandkids, like they're right around. Like, you know, you know what you want? I just want them to be happy. I want to be happier than I, than I was growing up. I want them to have a better upbringing, a better life than I did. I just, I want my kids to be happy. If my kids are happy, I'm happy. We even have a saying, you are only as happy as your least happy child. Like that's your ceiling. Whichever of your kids is the least happy, like your own happiness, like that's it. It can't, it's just, I'm stuck there because my experience with them is so wrapped up in their happiness. So we, we understand this as people, like we love and pursue and want happiness. I just want my kids to be happy. I just want grandma to be happy. I just want to find happiness. And a few weeks ago, we, we talked about this. We talked about, uh, uh, we did a series tuned in, how to hear from God. And we talked specifically about life circumstances. And, and this came up. And, and, and how many people will use this statement, God just wants me to be happy to allow them to pursue whatever they want. God wants me to be happy. So, dot, dot, dot. And they just insert whatever they want. And because God wants me to be happy, I am justified in whatever this thing is. God wants me to be happy, so I'm gonna leave my husband. God wants me to be happy, so I'm gonna abandon the family, start a new family. God wants me to be happy, I, I, I just... I need to find myself. I'm gonna go this route. I'm gonna experiment with this. I'm gonna go do this thing. I'm gonna go find my happiness, whatever that is. And I imagine that, that you know people who, uh, who have shared that very sentiment. God wants me to be happy, so dot, dot, dot. And maybe even in this room or online, like right now, there are people here who have said that thing. You've said that very statement. God just wants me to be happy, and so. Um, this morning, we're going to look at happiness. And, and here's, what, here's what I think, um, here's what gets really hard, is people will say this, God just wants me to be happy, almost as, as a right. I have a right to be happy, and this other person makes me happy, or this other thing makes me happy, or this activity that I know is wrong makes me happy. But, but above all, God wants me to be happy. And so I'm going to pursue happiness, and that's this thing. And here's how they use it. Ready? And don't judge me for it. You don't get to tell me I'm wrong because God wants me to be. Doesn't God want me to be happy? Don't you want me to be happy? Well, of course I do. I want you to be happy. Then I get to do this thing because it makes me happy. Now, you've heard that said. Maybe you've shared that. I know plenty of people. I, I know guys in ministry whose marriages ended because of this, this God just wants me to be happy uh, mindset, philosophy. And, and so let's talk about this. Ready? How is this statement half right? Here's how it's half right. Ready? Finding happiness is possible, and God wants you to. So above all, God wants me to be happy? Yeah, actually, he does. He does want you 
to be happy. In, um, in 1646, there was a group of people that get together, a group of theologians, English theologians and Scottish theologians. And they get together uh, because they wanna help unify the church around a common theology. Say, okay, we all agree on this. Like, all right, we got a statement of faith. We all, like all the, you know, even today, churches all got their statement of faith, but it was sort of a, okay, but, but what do we all agree on? Like, let's, let's all, what, what, if, what if we make a collective one that we all said like, yes, I agree on that. You, I agree on that. You, I agree on that. We all agree on that, that, that. great. And so they get together and they do this and they, and they, and they do it in, in a question answer format. So they have question and then their answer. And they come up with 107 questions and answers. Not just like a few, not like, okay, we got six, we're done. No, no, that, you know, that was a good morning, right? We, we can keep going. And they kept going and kept going, 107. And here's what they start with. It's called the Westminster uh, Catechism and then they, it, it became long, so they like shortened it. So it's, there's like a Westminster Catechism and then there's the Westminster Shorter Catechism. I picked the shorter one because that's how my mind goes, right? Just a few words, please. And so, so here's how it starts. Ready? The first one, the first question they're gonna ask right out the gate, right out the gate. Ready? What's the purpose of life? What? That's your first one? Right out the gate. All right, guys, let's all agree. Okay, ready? Purpose of life. Ready? Go, go. What do you got? What do you got? Let's all agree. They phrase it like this. What, um, what is the chief end of man, of mankind? Like, what's the, what's the end goal? The greatest possible end goal of man? Like, what's the, what's the point of all of this? What's the chief end of mankind? Wow, lofty. Okay, Ready? Would you like to know their answer? Yeah. People have asked you, what's the purpose of life? You've heard it on TV. You hear it right? People, oh, the purpose of life. And it's almost like, oh, you just can't know. It's unanswerable. Oh, man, if, any, if only anyone could ever know that. Boy, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool, right? Purpose of life. Yeah, great. Hold on now. Why can't we know the purpose of life? Would you like to know the purpose of life? Okay, this side would. I think you do it, sir. I'll tell you privately. They don't want to know. The purpose of life, here's what they say. Well, the chief end of man, here it is, ready? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Amen. What they said was that the whole purpose of mankind, the whole purpose of life is to glorify God and enjoy him. Here's what they said, ready? To be happy, to find happiness in God. That's the whole purpose of life. So is this statement true? Above all, God wants you to be happy. They would all say, well, yeah. Here, here's a, a verse that they, that, they, that they use. I mean, there's a ton of verses about this. Delight in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord. Um, always, like Paul says that, rejoice, like continue to have joy in who God is. And here's what they quote. It's Psalm 144, and, and they had the King James back then, so I'm, we're using the King James version. Uh, back, uh, uh, there's no NIV or NASB then. So here's what it says, Ready? Happy, this is the Bible. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people, and here it is, ready? Whose God is the Lord. They quote this verse and they say, listen, the Psalms speak to happiness. And they say this, happiness, ready? Here it is. Happy are the people who have God. Whose God is their Lord. That's happiness. 
And the Bible has a lot to say about happiness. And then John Piper, a guy named John Piper, who's still alive today, so certainly not back in the 1600s, he comes along and, he, and he, uh, he's a, 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 maybe you know him, uh, heard his name at least, he's written a lot of books, he's a, a pastor, well-known pastor. And, um, and, and though I, I don't agree like with everything theologically that he says, or that he, stance that he takes, um, I don't, I mean, it's hard to agree with anyone 100%. I don't even agree with what I say 100% of the time. So like, you know, well, there's gonna be disagreement. This, I think he gets right. He, he writes a book on this called Desiring God, which I read uh, when I first became a Christian. It was really helpful for me just to kind of understand like how to, how to do all this. And here's what he says, that they, that they got it right, but they're like 95% right. He made one simple tweak. Here it is. The chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. It isn't two different things. He says it's actually one thing, glorifying God. And the way you do that is by enjoying him. And and this makes total sense to us because if you are a parent or a grandparent, the joy you get, like the most joy you get is when, when, when your kids or your grandkids are happy and take joy. And especially if it's something you did for them, like, that's it. I enjoy, I en- I, my joy is directly tied to how much they enjoy. And, and this is the same thing. So um, uh, myself, three of us went on a little trip this last week. We, uh, Wednesday, flew back in uh, yesterday. Myself, Pastor Brian, and then Jacob, our media guy. And we went to a, 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 play, a church in San Diego just to shadow them, see how they do things. Okay, they're larger church and, and we have a relationship with them and, and, and it's great. Um, okay, oh, that's great, wonderful. That's all business. Okay, here's what happened. I, I, I try to do this when I go places um, just because it's, I love seeing my kids smile and get excited. So um, I got them some gifts and it's the, it, listen, th- this is like, this is a, you know, you're a parent when you're like, I'm getting the lamest stuff, <laughs> but I know they're gonna love it. They're gonna love it. So my daughter, uh, I, I, this church also has like a thrift store. So we went there, I got like a dollar crayon, but they're like princess crayons. I'm like, this is gonna be, this is gonna be greater. Like I spend money and got her a bike. She's gonna love these more because it's just, it's just princess crayons, right? And then, and then I got this. I do this when I go to places too. Um, anywhere I go, I try to find, it's usually in an airport and it's, it's a little kind of weird, but this is, this is just, just, this is our family, okay? Welcome to the, the Blumberg home. Um, I try to find whatever the theme is. So like in San Diego, it's like, you know, SeaWorld and Orcas. Um, so I got, ready for this? Little bag of candy uh, called Orca Poop. It's, it's, it's such a weird thing. And I, like, I went to Texas once and I got rattlesnake poop. Bring it home and it's like, it's like chocolate covered peanuts. I'm like, I, they're gonna love this, right? So I get home, give them the stuff. And my daughter's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, daddy. It's a dollar crayons. It's like, that was easy, right? I'll get you crayons every day if this would. And then I get my kid, my, my boys are like, what'd you get us? Oh, just you wait. I got you something so special. Pull this out. Orca poop awesome, right? It's like, neighbor kids, come over. We're gonna eat some orca. I'm like, oh man, that was easy. And I'm watching this and they're just like, oh, I love eating orca stuff. And, and like, wow. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy because they're happy, right? Little stuff. This is that. This is, we enjoy God. And he's like, that's what I want. That's what I, nothing makes me happier than when you're happy in me. That's how you glorify me, with happiness. So the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. We can say this, God wants me to be happy. 
not just me. He wants you to be happy. He wants a, God wants each of us to be happy. He does. He wants you to be happy. Now, how is this half wrong? Because it would be easy to stay there and, and say, well, yeah, above all, God wants me to be happy. Okay, all right, fine, done. Whatever I want now. I'll just do whatever I want to be happy. But th- that's not the whole story. In fact, that's not even half the story. How is this half wrong? Here it is, ready? Right out the gate. We're gonna talk about happiness because until, you, until, you, until we talk about what it is and how you get it, it's really hard to understand happiness. So the first thing, the pursuit of happiness never ends. You never get it. The pursuit of happiness doesn't stop. You don't, it's not a path that you get to and you're like, there's the end destination. And you're like, hey, once I get to that spot, then I'll be happy. Because you realize that when you get to that spot, it was a false summit. There's another spot beyond that. And another spot beyond that. And you know this to be true because you've experienced it in your life. You've seen it happen in other people's lives. You get the new great thing, the thing you've been waiting for, saving up for. You got the new car, the new model, the new model truck that just came out with the new tailgate and the engine. And you're like, oh man, I'm so excited. Now, that might be the exception to the rule. That might actually give you <laughs> eternal happiness. But most things, like you get this, you get the new thing and then you get it and you're sort of like, oh man, it's great. Like I got a new truck it's, it's new. I mean, it, it was new back then. It was a 2015. And I'm like, awesome. And then a couple years later, I'm like, oh, it's old. You know, I can get another new truck. That would be really exciting. Like it's, it never ends. There's always the next thing. There's always the next model iPhone that's way better than the last one. And then you get it and you're like, I, is it different? Can you, t- it looks the same. Yeah, I, maybe. It costs more. Great. Or maybe it's the job promotion. Like you get to the next thing, you get to that level. Like, all right, when I become partner, I'll become managing partner. I'll become, when I have my own business, when I get whatever that is, when I become, when I oversee the department, then, then I got it. And then you realize it's just more stress, actually. Not more happiness, more frustration. Like I, I enjoyed actually back down there. There's, there's, uh, I read a quote this last week. I didn't write it down, but uh, it stuck with me, and, and it's from Freddie Mercury, lead singer uh, of Queen. If you remember him and his life, and there's all kinds of you know stories and movies about him. And and he he, I was reading this, going like, wow, did he really say that? Man, he's quoted saying that. And and he said, listen, I, I'm you know he could get whatever he wanted, didn't matter, whatever he wanted, whenever. The money was no object. People f- going wherever, partying, whatever. And he would like insatiable desire to party. And they asked him, and they said, if you could. What do you know now that you wish you knew then? Like before you became who you are now. And he says, I can literally get anything I want. This is what he said. I wish that I knew that when you get to the top, you still aren't happy. Did you just say that? When you get to the top and you can do anything, you have anything, he's... Wasn't it? Wasn't fulfillment. And so there's this idea, like this pursuit of happiness, like once I get it, oh, it's great, but this pursuit never ends. Proverbs 27 says this, just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter one, Solomon writes this, the, the, one of the wisest men to ever live. He says this, all things are wearisome. All things are tiresome. All more than one can even say. And then he says this, the eye never has enough of seeing. 
nor the ear its fill of hearing. There's always the next thing. You can never be full and say, I got it, I'm done, I'm content. But what about that over there? Oh, let me go, let me go try that thing. The pursuit of happiness never ends. So to get happiness, we have to talk about this. And this, is, this next thing is easily the most important thing for us to understand today. Um, if you get this, I think it will change your understanding of happiness and how you get it and how you should pursue happiness. And, and, and this almost sounds kind of odd to say, well, God wants me to find happiness, but wait, but the pursuit of happiness never ends. So like, how do I get it? Can I get it? If it never ends, how do I know when I have it? Here it is, this truth that you, if this is the one thing you think about or remember, here it is, ready? Happiness is always a byproduct of something else, always. Happiness is not something you pursue. It's something you get when you pursue something greater than happiness. Does that make sense? Happiness is, is the effect of something. It isn't the thing. That, so like when you say like, I just want to be happier, I'm pursuing happiness, I'm, I'm, just, I'm doing whatever I want to be happy, you'll never get there because you're pursuing the wrong thing. You're pursuing a thing that is an, it's a, it's a byproduct, it's a result. It's not something that you get, that you find, that you discover, that you invent, that you make up, that you, that you, that you try so hard to attain. Instead, what happens is you pursue other things, greater things than happiness, and you realize one day, huh, gosh darn it, I think I'm happy. That just snuck up on me. How did that happen? I'm ha are you happy? I think I am. I wasn't even trying to like pursue it. Pursuing it is like chasing the wind. I don't get it. It's, it's, it's um, it, like, think of it like this. Like imagine, imagine you have kids or grandkids and you're like, the reason, listen, the reason I have kids is because I want them to make me happy. Uh, what? Really? Yeah, that's, 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 in fact, that's the only reason I let the grandkids over. In fact, if, as, soon as, as soon as I get unhappy, which means like as soon as they talk or run or spill something, they're out, they're out. Get out of my house, right? And, and don't walk on my lawn. Make sure you use the sidewalk. <laughs> Could you imagine that that was your lifestyle? Like oh, that, what? You're, you're, you're pursuing happiness be, like some other way, but instead what you do is you realize, man, I just, I love being around my kids or my grandkids and them being happy makes me happy. You're not pursuing happiness. You're pursuing relationship and a good relationship, a loving relationship. And it results in just like pure happiness, pure joy. I can't wait to be a grandparent because every grandparent tells me it's, it's great because when you're done, you give them back. <laughs> right? Like, like, this is yours. Here you go. Happiness is always a byproduct of something else. Here's how we know this to be true. Jesus, when he talks about happiness, he uses the word blessed. And we're gonna look at this word here in a second. He never says blessed is the one who seeks blessedness. Happy is the one who, who wants happiness, who, who hungers and thirsts for more happiness. No, no, no. In the, what we often call the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, um, what he says is, is blessed is the one who hungers and thirsts, not for more happiness, nor more blessedness, who hungers and thirsts for righteousness something greater than happiness, greater than blessedness. That person, he says, oh, they're blessed. They'll get, they'll get it. He says, you can, you can pursue happiness or you can pursue righteousness. And if you pursue happiness, you actually get none of them. But if you pursue righteousness, 
you'll get both. He goes on to say, like, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then he says, and all these things that you're worried about, oh, they'll all be added to you. Like you get all of it if you pursue that. So let's look at biblical happiness. How do I find biblical happiness? If, if, if God wants me to find happiness, but happiness is this, is this unending road that just keeps going, how do I get there? How do I find it? How do I discover it? How do I get it? Here it is, ready? Psalm chapter one talks all about this. Psalm, if you know the, the book of Psalms, Psalms, if you like open your Bible to the middle, bam, you're probably in the Psalms. Go to Psalm one, it's the first one. It intros the whole book. If you've, if you've never read the Psalms, it, it's just, it's, it's wonderful and it's poetic and, it's, and it talks about relationship with people and God. And if you never read it, just, just go read them all later today. Don't you, there's 150, that was a joke. Poorly, poorly landed joke. Um, the, you can read this. You can read a psalm. You can read a psalm. Psalm, psalm a day. Psalm chapter one, right out the gate. The first word in the book of Psalms. Here it is, ready? Blessed. Now, when we think of the word blessed, like this word is not what, probably what you think of when you hear the word blessed. Usually we were like, oh, God bless you or God blesses us or we see in scripture that God blesses them or bless that day or like that word. That word is, okay, you ready for a Hebrew word? We're gonna practice here and you're gonna use some vocal language and, uh, and you're, gonna, you're gonna apologize to the person in front of you ahead of time because Hebrew is a very throat language, very guttural, right? Here it is, ready? It's barach. Not Barack, like, like our former president. Barack. Okay, say that. Ready? Barack, like you're clearing your throat. Barack. Yeah, the louder the ch, the more that, like, that's the, the more authentic Hebrew you're speaking. And it literally means to bless. But that's not the word used here. The word used here is a different Hebrew word. It's still translated blessed, so you wouldn't know the difference if you're looking at English. But in Hebrew, it's ashrei. Ashrei means not just blessed, but it means happiness. It means fulfillment. It means contentment. It's the, it's the, the word picture of full contentment. It's like, it's like um, after you probably, you probably, uh, you don't remember every meal you've ever had, but you remember some. And you remember some because you have a great company, a wonderful time. Maybe you're on vacation and everyone's laughing, having a great time. You have wonderful food and you're full. And when you're done, you're like, oh, I'm full. And what you're saying isn't like, oh man, I mean, you are saying literally I'm stuffed until they bring dessert, I can make room. But I'm like, my heart is full. This moment, I love this. Like, I wish I could just, we could just do this every single day. This is great. That is ashray. I'm happy. I'm content. This is just, I don't want to change this ever. This is wonderful. That's the word used here. So Psalm chapter one begins with, you could easily put the word happy in there. In fact, many translations say happy. Happy is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Happy is the one who doesn't follow the way of the world, who doesn't live like them and doesn't, doesn't live what they live for. Happiness is not something that happens to you. You don't fall into it accidentally. It's something you intentionally have to like, okay, I'm, I have to think about what makes me happy, what makes me not happy. And, and, and like, I need to, there's stuff I have to do. And, and here's the stuff you have to do. It starts with a negative. Here it is, ready? Happy is the man who does not. This means if you wanna be happy, there's things you gotta stop doing. 
In, in our culture and society, it's, you want to be happy? Go do the things that make you happy. Go find what makes you happy and do that. And the Bible says, no, no, you want to be happy? Don't do that. Don't do all the things that everyone tries to pursue and thinks makes them happy, that all the, like, all the, the celebrities get to the top and then realize, I'm still unhappy, I'm still empty. There's still something else. Like, don't pursue all that. He says, listen, don't, don't, happy is the one who doesn't do these things, who doesn't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. And he talks specifically about intellect. And then it goes to, and doesn't walk in the way of sinners, which is behavior. And then it is, and he says, and it, it, it talks about sitting in the seat of the scornful. It's like taking your seat and like being identified with them. He says, listen, here's the pattern. Here's the pattern to being happy. Ready? Okay, now this is where I, I step on a little toes and whew, here we go. You ready? Okay, are you sitting down? Good, I can see you sitting down. There have been plenty of people who have said, God wants me to be happy. And so dot, 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 I'm gonna do this thing whatever this thing is. And usually this comes out when you're wanting to leave a spouse. This is the time where it comes up the most. This is where times where I hear it. Uh, and and here's, here's the pattern, ready? The pattern is you listen to counsel that isn't, that isn't wise and then you do what they tell you and then you become like them. And that's the pattern we see today. That's what we just read and that's what we see today. And this gets me so fired up because like this is, I see this happen in people's lives. I've seen it happen in, in people's lives that, that, that used to go to New Hope that, that, that I've known in, in other cities and other churches. And it goes like this. I'm not happy and God wants me to be happy. And the people they talk to about this aren't the mature, good people who's gonna speak truth into their life, who's gonna help them. It's people who are gonna say what they wanna hear. And you find people who agree with what you want to do because it makes it that much easier to do it. And it's usually people who've done the same thing. Or you can find a counselor who says exactly what you want to hear. And you're like, all right, my counselor said, can I be honest with you? Not all counselors are created equal. And not all counselors are right. Just because you went to school and got a degree doesn't mean you know what's best for this person's life. Listen, if, if, here's, here's how you know. Here's how you know that what you're deciding to do isn't, isn't what is right. If you, if you feel ashamed or you refuse to tell someone who you know will disagree with you, I don't want to tell you because I know you're, gonna, you're not going to like it. That should tell you something about the next thing you're going to say. If you, if you would struggle with being able to sit with me, not because I'm like some, you know, master mind and I'm always right, you know, guru, although all that's true, <laughs> but because there's, this, there's a level of like, oh, I just don't know if I want to bring it up with, you know, a pastor. That's a problem. Because you probably know this isn't something you should be doing. Uh, if I'm the only one, if I'm the only one to disagree and say, no, this is wrong, but everyone else is telling you right, guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna listen to everyone else. And he says, don't do that. The way to happiness is not to listen to everyone else who's just gonna tell you what you wanna do and then you're gonna do it. I, I've talked to so many people too have gone that route and then a few, a few years later, just short years later, regret all of it. Oh, I should have never done that. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. Well, you've made the choice, like it's done. It's, it's, it's done, it's over, it's finished, whatever. Man, you shouldn't have done that. This is the pattern, and it starts with, the book of Psalms starts with, blessed is the one who stops doing all that stuff. And here's what they do. Instead, 
because happiness is a byproduct of something else. It doesn't, this, this pursuing this doesn't lead to lasting biblical happiness, but, but pursuing something else does. He says this, but this is happiness. Those who delight in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. The person, he says, instead of pursuing counsel of the people who shouldn't be counseling you and doing what they say and then being just like them, he says, no, no, instead, you should know this. You should be looking at the message and the, the fullness of the law of God. When, they had the, when they're writing this, all they have was the Old Testament, so all they have was literally the law. We have much more now. This was before Jesus is all this written. Now you and I, the full message of the Bible is the gospel. And what this is saying for us is, listen, you, you want to you understand happiness? Delight in the gospel. Think about it night and day. Read it, discuss it, pursue it, do what it says. That person, that person, he gives this picture, is like a, what do you like? He's like, a, he's like a tree firmly planted. And this tree is planted by by streams of water and, and it never runs dry. And, and no matter what happens to the, the tree, there's always a source of water. So much so that it, even when life gets hard, its leaves don't wither because it's got a water source. Jesus talks a lot like this. Like if you remember the words of Jesus, he says, anyone who's thirsty, hey, come to me and I'll give you, listen, living water. And out of you will flow rivers of living water. He gives, listen, this is all spiritualness. And like, you can have an experience with God where you feel like I am, I am more than content in my relationship with God. And it isn't because I pursued all the things that make me happy. It's, he says this, that you delight and you think about and you meditate on who and what God has said, who he is and what he has done and what he says. Blessed, happy is that Person. That person is Ashray. He continues, verse 4 Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment. They won't be able to withstand God's judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, nor will they be a part of all of this. They're like, listen, this is, this is so important and so, it's like so timely and it's so, it's so forever impacting you that you need to know this. They won't have ashray. Verse six, for the Lord, watch it. By the way, this is the last verse. After this, you've read a chapter of the Bible. Well done. Well, or at least I read it to you. you. You did good listening. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now listen, if this Bible isn't true, none of that matters. None of that matters. Whatever, just words on a page. Right? It can say whatever it wants. Doesn't matter. If, if this really is the word of God, then when we read that, we have to say, okay, there, there might be some truth to this beyond what I think, beyond what I even want to be true or what I like to be true. If this is true, if I'm convinced that this really is God's word, then whew, there does seem to be consequences to things. 
and this pursuit of, this endless pursuit of happiness isn't found by pursuing all the things that make you happy. Instead, it's a byproduct. So we could say this, God wants me to find happiness. He does. He wants you to find happiness. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be happy. There's a lot of you's in here, but I can't point to all. He wants you to be happy and you to be happy. He wants you to be happy. And you, he wants you to be happy. But there's a catch. Life-fulfilling happiness, the, the kind of happiness deep in your soul that you're like, man, I'm just, I'm just I, no matter what happens, I'm happy, I'm content. Life-fulfilling happiness can only be found in God. And unless or until you recognize that and say, all right, I, I submit, I'm in. I, I, like, I'm, I'm getting baptized as a way of saying, yeah, I agree with that, I'm in. Until you do that, you cannot and will not experience true, biblical, life-fulfilling, eternal-lasting happiness. The rest is just sort of, oh. It's, it's Freddie Mercury saying, I have everything, and I wish I knew it would be so empty. I wish someone would told me it wouldn't be fulfilling. God wants me to find happiness, but life-fulfilling happiness can only be found in him. It's possible. It's possible to be happy, to be the kind of happy that doesn't depend on your circumstances or what's going on. It's the kind of happiness that, that, would, that like, I, I've, I've seen in people that have experienced like really difficult tragedy and lost loved ones way too early in tragic ways, and they say, I remember one particular lady in another city in another church that I was at, and she said, you know, I'm, I lost my husband, and the kids are still young, and, and it's still fresh, and I think about him every day, and it hurts every day, but I have a joy in the Lord. That's ashray. That's not like a pursuing a worldly kind of happiness. That's a level that, like, you can't even, you can't just read that in a book and say, oh, no, I get it. That's an experience that you get only in God. So would you do this? Would you stand with me as we pray and, and, and um, get ready to, to uh, sing our last song together? And so would you, would you do this? Would you bow with me and, and I'll pray. So Lord, we thank you for your word and, and how it is true and it is always true and and how, um, how it is a double-edged sword able to pierce our hearts. It's not just words on a paper. It's speaking truth, your truth. So help us to understand how we find happiness. It isn't by pursuing happiness. It's by pursuing things that are greater than happiness and then, and then experiencing happiness as a byproduct. Help us to be people. who want more of you in our lives, that we think about, we delight in the message of the gospel, the, literally the good news, and we, and we night and day, and we, we read it, we, we, we share it with people, we, we think about it, we, we talk about it. Help us to be people focused so much on you, God, that we wake up one day and say, oh my gosh, I am so happy in the Lord. I'm so content. I'm, I feel so fulfilled. Not because I pursued fulfillment, but I pursued God. Now there's, we're still praying here, and so no one's looking around, but there may be some of us in here that would say, I need, I want, I desire more happiness, more contentment, more fulfillment in my life, and, and I just, I don't. 
and, and I even agree with everything that guy up there just said, and I agree with what the Bible says, but I still feel like I'm lacking happiness. If that's you, I, want you, I just want you to just lift your hand up. I'm looking around, and, and I just want to pray for you. I want to know who I'm praying for. And, and, and this is a statement of, of, Lord, I just want more happiness. Not even a, this isn't a bad thing at all. Like, I, I, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you in my life. Okay, so there's a lot of us that have our hands up and yeah, 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 yeah. So Lord, for those of us that are saying, right now, I want more of you. I want, I want more happiness. I need, and, 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 and what that means, I'm realizing now, is I have, I have to get more of you. And the byproduct of more of you is more contentment, more fulfillment. So Lord, for all of us that maybe have our hands up, will you change our focus from pursuing happiness to instead saying, I need to pursue more of you. Lord, this week I pray that you would increase our experience of you, our, our, uh, our understanding and, and our involvement of and with you to the point where we realize one day, wow, I really do have a contentment in God that seems to be unshakable. I pray that over us who are saying we are in need of that. We worship you now, Lord. We remember you. We thank you. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.